Hi, I'm Maria and I'm joined by James. <laughs> Welcome to our chat today, our TSP talk on a snapshot of our market in the ANZ region. It's, um, it's good to finally be back from two weeks of traveling around for six, for six cities. Um, it's quite intense. So yeah, we, I've seen a lot of partners. I think we had over, had a, over 200 partners to the events all up. So got to speak to a lot of different people. So yeah, so you to, have to have started week one of our roadshow was Christchurch, Wellington and Auckland. Um, what did you, what did you, what did, what were the key topics you were hearing from partners? Uh, the same as the, what's been going on for probably the past year. Everyone's still trying to get their head around cybersecurity and really launching that properly. Uh, people are at various parts of their journey. I'd say most MSPs have got are nowhere close to having it perfected yet, and that's not really a surprise. But a lot of a lot of people are stuck on either getting started or they've got something started and they don't know what to do next and where to focus on and how to operationalize it once they've sold a package. Uh, it's a very common theme. Uh, the other the other one that's still around is the um, the margin pressures that everyone's going through. Um, the salaries are still increasing, uh, the um, and inflationary pressures are probably adding another dimension to it that are not a. I don't think enough MSP owners are taking into account that their people might have a mortgage or they're renting and that stuff's going up. So a lot of the employees are going into survival mode. So there's a lot. Of, a lot of people with a handout that might not have a logical reason for why they should be getting paid another 10, 15, 20K, yeah. but they know they need it. Mm. So let's, what I'm hearing is people are having a lot of difficult conversations around that. Um, it's not it's not necessarily ending well for anyone, an employee included, because they're not, they're just in that survival instinct. Um, Another one of the key trends that's going on um, here in a lot of New Zealand and Australia uh, is just that challenge to get new leads and new clients. Um, the interesting part that I found going to New Zealand and talking to the partners there is just the um, the mindset of it's a special market. Um, can't possibly do X, Y, Z in Christchurch because it doesn't work. Um, there's a lot of um, limiting beliefs um, so when I've had the opportunity to talk to partners a bit more in depth, I'll keep picking on Christchurch um, as an example, they're no real different to the 500,000 person cities in Australia and the rural areas. Um, but what what I think happen, what I think is happening is. Uh, because we hear this generic advice coming from the US or we hear what's going on in Australia, actually it's what's going on in a major metro place like Sydney or Melbourne, which is the population of New Zealand, as opposed to, well, what's going on in an equivalent type of market. So we get in that sort of mindset of, oh, we're special, we can't possibly charge premium prices, we can't do this, we can't do that. It only works in Sydney, it only works in Auckland. It's actually not true at all. It's just more how you, you do have to frame things differently. It does take a bit of a longer sales cycle, et cetera, et cetera. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. Um, 
but MSP owners default to just because the generic advice is saying one thing, it doesn't work for us and write write everything off. And I think that's more of a reflection of the way that um, information comes out to everyone um, around the region. Yeah, it seems to be um, viewed as a bit of a cookie-cutter approach and um, we it doesn't matter where you're based, you probably need to take it and refine it for your local, for your vertical or for your local market, either way. There's nuance. So I think you said yeah. it well. It's like we treat a lot of the things, thought leadership and stuff that has been coming to us has been that sort of generic high-level advice that it doesn't mean a whole lot. Like there's some good... It started from a good place, but it's been watered down for, for so long that it's becoming it's becoming useless. And with the changing markets and what we used to do in the past, a lot of that hasn't been updated, um, and we're hearing the same old messages. So I I, I completely understand the scepticism, but I think it's very dangerous for people to go well. Uh, we're a special market, and we can't we can't do that because I just know that it's not true. I get that privilege of seeing all the markets around the place and what, what people are doing. You can be very successful anywhere. The, yeah. the, main, the main difference is really your market cap is, is usually the difficulty. Is you might be in a smaller town in, in the middle of um, outback Western Australia, as an example. You're limited to what sort of clients you can get and there's probably only a handful that are going to be on the premium end focus on the premium and you can be even higher premium it's just it's more decision deliberate decisions around your business than it is following the generic uh, generic advice mm. so. so you did a week in new zealand which is wonderful uh and then you came and you did sydney melbourne brisbane i, I did um it was, it was lovely being over in New Zealand. It was great. And probably the other thing I'd mention is I spoke to a lot of SIs as well in that in that time. And one of the things um, in general, and, I, and I'll talk to a lot more in the future and more thought leadership stuff, is a lot of SIs are running into the problem of their traditional markets uh, are evaporating. And there's a lot of talk about SIs wanting to be MSPs. Um, and again, there's a lot of generic information going around. And when I talk to partners and explain what an MSP is, that attitude changes very quickly because they know they're not suited for that and it's a huge investment. So we're gonna push out a lot, I'm gonna push out a lot more information around that sort of segment of the market and how MSPs and SIs can, um, can work together a lot better in a more modern ecosystem because what I've come to realise more and more, it's been pretty obvious to me, but SIs and MSPs don't move in the same circles at all. And most of the time when they come across each other, it's in a competitive uh, competitive type of engagement. And no, they don't want to work with each other very well because they're trying to vie for the same sort of business, even though it's not. So there's a lot that we're going to do around that, that sort of size because I think can see the opportunities. Because ultimately they shouldn't be competing. Uh, uh, maybe 5% of the business 
if that of a, of a component of a project would be a com- competition, um, but ultimately there's really no competition between SIs and MSPs, so there should be collaboration and partnerships. And, yeah, and they could make far more money together than separately. So we're going to share a lot about that. Um, and and just because I'm loving New Zealand, probably the other thing that I um, spoke to a lot of partners about is they're struggling. With cybersecurity, they're struggling with the fact that there's no government sort of standards that are put out. Um, and what we spoke about at the roadshows was use the E8. All the um, all the more mature um, New Zealand partners that we've already been working with have already aligned with that sort of that sort of language and framework. But a lot of the smaller MSPs that are just getting started are a bit more reluctant to just embrace it. It's more than likely going to get pushed down. New Zealand is more than likely going to copy that model. So just get on the front foot while everyone else is sort of stuffing around and not sure what to do while there's no sort of government, real government support on that side. Yeah, because you mentioned E8 and the government, and in Australia we know that that's what's being pushed by our Australian federal government is E8. So, and there's every chance that New Zealand will fall into line. Um <laughs> We'll, we'll work with us. You know, we're a close working relationship. It makes sense to be on the similar model. New Zealanders are clever. They, they, they'll they let us all stuff around and um, work out all the kinks and then they'll swan in and take all the advantages of it and all the hard work. Yep. Why not? Yeah. So so then we went over to Australia and we did all the big cities on the eastern seaboard. We did Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne. Had, had huge turnouts and probably... Very much the same problems, the same margin squeeze, squeezes, the same cybersecurity challenges, the the um, same challenges for SIs, all, all very the same. But there's a bigger, in those cities, because they're much larger, much, um, much more disparate part, partner bases. So there are a lot of different... Um, size partners suffering with the same things and having to deal with them in different ways. Um, And probably what's more apparent in Australia at the moment is it's a lot more, um, I'm surprised at how many new younger people are starting to start technology businesses. I've been waiting for it for quite a long time, but uh, like at every event, there was at least four or five that, had only just started in like the last six months um, and then jumping into the industry they might have worked in an MSP and thought they could do better or they've come from corporate and realised they want to run a business. So there's a lot of new players starting up um, and they want to learn, they're keen um, and they're going to be a threat to a lot of the sort of small to medium and that sort of six to 25 person MSP that's getting static, um, they're going to be sort of the disruptors. So there's a lot of partners that are consolidating at the big end of town and there's the more sort of startup-y, more modern, um, more modern MSPs. Uh, as I talk to them, they're more interested in the TSP concept. They're, they're going to both eat away at that sort of million to $5 million MSP space. And... Uh, while a lot of owners in both in Australia and New Zealand of those one to five million dollar MSPs, they're older, <clears throat> they're they're either 
ready to like they're either talk directly talking about they want to sell or they're check they're starting to really check out of any kind of longer term motivation of transforming the business so there's it's quite a lot of risk there um f- for the sort of average old school msp that it's not just cyber security it's it's actually more of a, a holistic business model approach <laughs> and it was interesting talking to partners and them not actually realizing that they're going through what they're going through. Um, they, a lot of them haven't really realized how much they've checked out and how much, how, how burnt out they really are until I sort of asked them and then gave them the perception of other people that I've been talking to and seeing to sort of frame them up of where they're at and when they're trying to head. Um, and a lot aren't, while they're talking about selling, they're not actually doing a whole lot about it. So there's a bit of a danger there um, where they can quickly lose business value um, with what's going on in the market. So it's probably one of the bigger things I'd highlight that's sort of hidden under the surface um, that just a lot of partners aren't knowing about and not talking about. Yeah, and we've talked about in the past as well, you know, you can't just wake up tomorrow and say, right, oh, I'm selling my business and pop it on the market. It's it's a it's a process. It's, you know, depending on where you're at, it's one to three years, potentially more, to get your business in the shape that it needs to be in to, to get the most value from it. So um, they really need to be checked in, I guess, to get to get that work done to sell their business. And, and I, I know I did a video about it uh, um, earlier in the week around zombie businesses. Um, I just want to mention it again. I think this is a, the, a lot of partners are around the average profitability, 6% EBITDA. There's a reason why it's the average, a bit of a no dark moment. Um, but they, um, a lot of MSPs are traveling on that and we're on razor thin margins at the moment going back to the challenges with our, our staff costs and the vendor costs, etc., And very few um, people are raising prices and we're sort of becoming very static. So as these zombie businesses, ATO is cracking down a lot on um, closing down businesses that owe them money. Finally, it's a good, it's a good thing. Um, but a lot of MSPs are going to get caught off guard on that. Um, so if you're not, you're not managing that well and not being proactive, which a lot of MSPs aren't, clients could just disappear overnight. And, and they are. There's been some quite large ones in the last last week. There's a large 500-person construction company in um, Victoria that just went under. I was just talking to a partner before we jumped on. They had a client that just went under over the weekend. It was like an 80-person um, company that just closed up shop um, because of these sort of things. So it's the stuff that we're not talking about in the industry. We keep getting caught up on the cyber cyber stuff and um, mainly around the technical part of cyber. That's the, So it was not surprising, but it was enlightening being able to go and talk and see the partners face-to-face um, to just re- reinforce sort of what I already knew, but reinforce that... Um, Partners just aren't getting this information as much as much as they should be. Yeah, 
And I know your presentation at the Australian Roadshows was around the operationalization of of security. So not just what products you're using, um, how you're actually building that into the operations of your business. And I was watching, um, at, I was at the Melbourne one and I was watching the faces of partners who were just like, it, 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 it was news to some partners that, that there was more than just selecting which products they were going to use in their security stack um, and how important building that into all areas of their business was. Uh, unfortunately, it's been the vendor agenda. And I, I know, obviously, we work for a distributor and we sell software licenses, but it has been very vendor-driven, the cybersecurity conversation for quite a while. And it's nice for us to be able to go out and talk about operationalizing this stuff. And Elliot spoke a lot about um, how to how to align the packaging to operation uh, to the cybersecurity frameworks and and do that better and get better results. Um, but we just don't hear about this kind of stuff. And I think to just talking to partners, they don't go and look for it either. That's the other danger. The, the guys that are being more successful um, cybersecurity and navigating through the, the modern workplace and all that kind of stuff, and they're making more money. They're being more active and being more deliberate in what they're doing. And this probably comes back to that checking out um, and not having as much energy as we once were. This is probably what the fourth, for a lot of owners, this is probably the fourth time they've had to pivot their business models and, and, and do things differently over time. I think people are just running out of energy for it. Um, so that it's sort of choosing to do it. But then also everyone's probably more busy than they ever have been because they're running so thin, they're running so lean. They, uh, MSPs have probably got less people than they've ever had in the businesses and making less money than they ever have. That sort of sugar rush over um, COVID when we got all this project work and the government subsidies and stuff hit a lot of poor performance and um, and, and, and the sustainability of a lot of those businesses um, and coming out the other side I, I, I think a lot of business owners are struggling with that and I, I know I say it a lot but I, I it's because I need to like you know if you're checking if you're checked out and checking out you're better off selling now even for whatever value you can get than trying to do a fire sale later I've seen a few partners that have have checked out um they they had looked at selling earlier and they didn't weren't going to get offered the value that they were expecting and then their fault their business has fallen in a heap like i spoke to a lot a partner I, i've known for quite a while and i recommended selling ages ago and he chose not to and he his business is halved in revenue um because he checked out People he had, the business wasn't as mature as it appeared. There was nothing sort of keeping clients there. And they lost a, a few major clients and now, now they're in this spot. So the value that he would have got three years ago, while it wasn't what he wanted, is still way better than what he's being offered now. Well, um, and, and you mentioned a couple of the key points that, you know, is is coming up time and time again with talking to partners 
is uh, sales leads and clients and um, and staff. You know, so mm. selling a business for either, either or both of those, um, you'll be able to ask perhaps a little bit more than 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 you might in a year's time when hopefully hopefully staffing problems and uh and sales settle down which i don't think it will so i we the horses bolted on wages um i know we're going completely off topic now but this, this is this is just what i do we're anyway. hearing though i mean if if that's what you th- you're hearing um you know that's it, it well let's let's look at it how how will they stabilize for anyone that has any kind of technology skill we're, we're small markets australia new zealand we're only like 30 million people um the one the people that are really skilled at it there's only so many of them they're always going to be high in high demand as long as they're in the high demand areas yep. of, of what we need so they're not come wages are not coming back down um, the people that are coming in at level one type positions aren't wanting to come in at low junior rates anymore. There's still some people that want to come in trainees, but a lot of MSPs don't have a training program or a business that can handle bringing on that kind of junior people. So we've got sort of that generation of people who have been in MSPs they can price shop. Um, Although, and I'm going to throw a a, a, a a different viewpoint in here, we remember the late beheady days of the late 90s dot-com boom, and if you worked in technology, you could pretty much decide, you know, write your own paycheck. Um, it, it was heady days, you know. Dollars were being thrown around left, right and centre. That settled, and the wages did go backwards in our industry, um, and they they went back to and still, you know, technology. There's still there's still more in our industry than there is in equivalent professional industries. You know that that's going to remain. We're integral to everything, but I don't know that there's no chance of things settling. What. I think the added difference to back then, I'm, I'm not as, I'm, I'm a bit younger. I didn't get to actually <laughs> live through that. The, the difference is um, for us, any onshored resource compared to, you know, back then we weren't really offshoring as no. an industry. No. Now we're shipping it all off. So if we want local resources, we've got a smaller pool because of that, that generational skills. That's and true. The, the danger we've got as well is we're going to cut out another generation of um, people getting into this industry properly because we're, we're I'm very pro offshore and I think it's a great thing, but we're not actually instituting a whole lot of um, trainee um, growth. So when I spoke to a lot of partners, they're not doing it. They're, they're still trying to chase, oh, we need these magical unicorn level threes still. So this is why people, this is why the wages keep getting inflated because the level twos know they can say, well, I'm a level three and they're the low of the crop and people are that desperate to put a bum on a seat just to fill it. 
that they they throw the money at. And even if it's not ridiculous money, it's still overpaying for a resource and it's reinforcing that sort of new pay scales. Yeah. And we're not we're not actually feeding new people up and in. One because it's expensive and it takes a whole lot of time and there's a lot of talent over in like the Philippines that do fantastic work. But also we're starting to automate a lot of that work away. So, you know, things like Pierre coming in, I'm hearing a lot of partners implementing solutions like that. It's removing the low level work. We're creating this bigger gap of entry again, that you basically have to be a level two to get in the industry and be able to learn anything. So this is where I think we're getting stuck. And until we um, navigate into new things that we're delivering and, and our business models, when we stuck on this for a while um, and it's sort of the cyber security is reinforcing that. So it's not just our sort of technicians salaries. It's because now we're doing cyber security. Now we're getting into having security analysts and stuff. Even if we don't have that properly, that's an industry. That's a part of our industry that doesn't have enough um, labor in it in general. This is why it's falling onto the MSPs to fill that gap. So those baseline junior roles are being pushed up by that as well. So this is why I'm a bit more, I think there's so much going on that I see not necessarily the rate of wage growth keep going as ridiculously as it has, but I can't see it coming backwards anytime soon. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't know everything. Well, we'll, we'll catch up in a year's time and see, yeah. Uh... <laughs> and see what, where we're sitting. So so after your whirlwind uh, trip around ANZ, um, you mentioned a few similarities. Were there any key differences in any city? Um, I'd actually say Auckland, okay. out of all the places. Yeah. Um, The, the reason why I say that is there's, they're probably the ones that are seeing the most uh, different opportunities and the most, trying something different. Cause I think they start more mature MSPs are sort of hitting their market cap. There's the ones that are going down the path of acquiring in like different, different regions in, in New Zealand, but a lot of them are realizing that, yeah, those markets are small and they've probably got, the opportunity already from that. So they're looking at different technology. They're looking at different offerings that they can provide. They're not quite there yet, but the, the just the discussions that I was having was very different to a lot of other partners. A lot of other partners were very much, we're just going down this line. We're just doing this. So, um, so they, I think they're going to do things a bit different and going to find a bit different opportunities. Okay. Um, and it's, it's probably a sign of things to come in the the, the rest of ANZ. Um, I, was, I was a bit surprised um, that it was actually Auckland. Like I know Christchurch is a bit of an innovation hub and they're, they're, they're quite mature for the size of MSPs compared to a lot of other places. Like getting them uh, lined up with equivalent sizes in say Sydney, I'd say Christchurch is probably more mature. Um, and that's probably just from the fact that there's the culture of having to rebuild after some disasters. Um, uh, but yeah, Auckland, I reckon that's the place to watch. 
That's interesting because so the six cities you visited, Auckland's what the fourth, the fourth largest, yeah, the, third smallest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's. I mean, it's a, it's a reflection of the you know the market and the sizing and stuff. Like I think there's a lot, a lot of MSPs that have matured and they're sort of hitting their peak of traditional MSPs, and this is where. In the market, there are those, especially in Australia at the moment, there's a lot of those larger MSP groups that are buying up more and more and more people and getting larger and larger and larger. That's not quite happening in New Zealand because, again, there are only like 5 million people. Right? So there's only so much acquisition and growth. But probably the interesting part in New Zealand, I think, is they're still, still very insular thinking. There's, there's a few partners that are thinking, well, how do I get into the Australian market? How do I expand past that? And that's a bit the same as Australia. Like it, it gets very stuck in the Sydney, Melbourne, Perth or Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane sort of thinking. I really want to see us as market start to think of how can we expand globally? But I don't think we're going to do that until we get past the traditional MSP stuff. We're still very stuck in that. I, I'm in Melbourne, I do the western suburbs of Melbourne yeah. type of mentality. And the reality is the business model, the, the business and the market has shifted from that. But it's that old, that old school's thinking is still around in the industry. But when I, like I spoke to some of those, you know, contrast that with a young person I was talking to in, um, in Melbourne, he can, uh, he can easily go Australia and yes. service Australia. Um, and understand the niches and provide those services. But a lot of the traditional thinking we're still, we're still stuck in as an industry. So I think we're going to see over the next sort of three to five years, some very dramatic shifts that we, I know we always go through those cycles in, inside our industry, but it's probably going to be more dramatic than what we've ever seen, seen before. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. Well, we took the big leap of working remotely, um, becoming the norm, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that that ability to deliver services remotely will be seen as as just a given. That's another good trend. You just you just sparked me with these things. Um, the work from home stuff. What's interesting is hearing the partners that are forcing their employees back and are struggling with um, they they didn't really get work from home right, and just them trying to pull it back to how things were. The the amount of partners that are doing that shocks me a bit. Um, it's this all or nothing approach that uh, a lot are going through. And I, I think that's a reflection again on the, um, on the owners and their mindsets is they never wanted to do in the first place. The amount of people I used to speak to back way back in the day and said you could run an MSP remotely and everyone said you couldn't. Yeah. Well, you can, but <laughs> a, a lot of people are struggling with that sort of balance of um, working from home and then managing performance and, that retention of staff um, is sort of becoming that non-negotiable of being able to work from home. Some people don't, some people are working in the office. Like to me, it's always a hybrid approach. There's no one size fits all answer to this. But I think 
again, it's going to that cookie cutter thing. If people think it has to be all or it has to be nothing, um, and they're really struggling with it. And it is a danger to lose staff. Um, and it sort of flows on to, there is a bit of a, I don't know how I quite articulate it, but there's a there's huge amount of complacency in our industry. I think everyone's just super, super tired. We're running, we're running less with less people. We're doing like, we're just as busy as we always have been at the moment, whether that's profitable or not, different, different story. But a lot of people struggling with leaders that aren't good enough, account management and sales teams that are absolute rubbish, um, techs that are being techs, but amplified by the modern, um, like the modern environment they're in. And there's just probably more, I was going to say more people problems, but I don't think it's more people problems. I just think it's, as a society, there's a lot more people that are that are completely demotivated. And because we're in that sort of tough position of it's hard to get staff, we sort of, we, we put up with it a lot more. Um, and I think, especially for the small MSPs that I'm talking to, they're struggling more than ever to attract new staff. Like people just aren't applying for the jobs anymore. They're going and working with the bigger MSPs. Um, because when I contrast those conversations across the region, small guys are going, yeah, it's hard. The big guys go, yeah, it's hard. Like it, it's always hard to hire talent. But the amount of applicants they get compared to the small MSPs is it, quite dramatic. So I think that the days of the small MSP being a great place to start your career and great place to grow, that's not the perception anymore for um is that because the bigger MSPs tend to have an established training and development program and ultimately that's what staff want. They don't want to sign up to a job that doesn't seem to have growth and development and I think that's one I think that's one very important side to it. I also think it goes back to that sort of um people don't want to have everything fall on them so if you're in a small msp when do you get to have holidays when do you get to um take a break for yourself when do you what happens with on call like all of these things there's a lot more people in our industry rightly or wrongly that want to rock up and just do nine to five we've gotten to that sort of maturity of the industry that it's not this big, super exciting thing and there's just a career in just being here. It's it's actually more of a job career that people go, well, I've worked in retail, I'm coming out of school now. Well, IT, that's, that's actually a career now. And so I think there's a changing mentality that we as an industry haven't caught up with. And we're starting to start to starting to see that change in the, the mentality of employees. And it's the reality, it's not going to change. So we, we need to adapt to that. And um, especially for small MSPs, they need to be more aware of that's the challenges. Because I know years ago, a small MSP was the place to be because that's where you'd learn all your skills. You could learn way more in a small MSP than you could ever ever could anywhere else in, in, our, in what we do. And you still can. But if we've got MSP owners who are checking out, um, then obviously that's that's going to be causing problems as well. 
um, it comes down to how they how they sell sell the concept of working for them. It's part of the sales strategy, really, isn't it? Convince people to come on board. It is, and I know we could we could talk all day about this sort of stuff. And I know I know I just go down different rabbit holes, but what 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 excites me most? Um, having gone and done the roadshows apart from me going and talking to more people is talking to the people that are thinking longer term um and and being more deliberate about about planning and there there probably is you probably break down the market into thirds there's probably at least a third that's checked out ready to sell there's about a third that's i'd say lost and on the cuffs they could go to well let's just sell and get out or they could get reinvigorated into a longer term sort of vision and planning. Um, but the ones that are are doing well are being deliberate. They're investing time in learning and developing new things. They're planning and they're holding people to account. Like it's business basics 101. Yeah. So if, you, if you're not in that space, it's actually not that hard to get there. And there's still so much opportunity in, out there to grow the business, make more money than you, you ever have. But it requires that being deliberate. It's not necessarily putting in more and more hard work over and over and over again. It's just changing that sort of mindset and that focus and, and being deliberate about doing one thing after the other. While, while all this disruption's going on and, and building something, thinking about five, 10 years in, in advance and just slowly, um, just incrementally um, improving things and, and putting new things in place. Yeah. So I'm excited that there's a lot of people going well, but there's still this opportunity and potential for, for a lot of the segment in the market to, to, to head that way. But if you're lost and you're not being delivered, it's probably the most dangerous time I've ever seen in our industry for that. We'll wrap up today then. Thank you. All right. Thanks for hearing my rambling and hopefully, um, hopefully the partners got something out of it.